Weekly News by iGaming Next is brought to you by Playson, quality games since 2012. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I am not Jake. I am not Pierre. I am not even Nico. This is Ryan Butler, editor of iGaming Next North American Division. Uh, and I'm here with a very special North American centric focused episode of all of the weekly here at iGaming Next, the iGaming Next weekly news here with you guys. Again, I know a lot of times we focus Europe and internationally, but today we're going to go with some of my expertise, as you can tell from my uh, distinct American accent, and we're going to go over just the U.S. market, which, again, Americans don't like to tout themselves, but we uh, are kind of the new growing epicenter of the gambling world as, as we kind of everything focuses here. It has been a dynamic and really rapid last five years since our Supreme Court struck down the federal wagering ban, uh, the law that prohibited it, and uh, we're going to kind of try to capture all that's going on with it. We're going to talk about some online casino uh, slots, table games, bills uh, being discussed in some big states in the U.S. I'm going to give you a roundup here on uh, some sports betting developments going on. So we'll talk a little bit of stocks at the end of the show, some major U.S. companies with some European and international deals as we've gotten into the Q4 2022 earnings season as those have continued to come out. But just kind of wanted to start out, too, just for everybody with just an overview of the just U.S. gambling world. Um, you know, a lot of people may be familiar with it here listening to this, but kind of from an American's perspective, what we're looking at here and some of the nuances going on with it, it's just very different animal. Uh, one of the big things that I always talk about and bring up with the Europeans is, as we'll talk about through this show, is that Americas have really divided gambling uh, across our history. Uh, we've had a really interesting, a lot of time we have prohibited it or have had a really strong uh, aversion to it, which exists in a lot of places in the U.S. to now, uh, but we've had just a very odd look with it. There really was in the last hundred years, there was not a whole lot of gambling in the U.S. besides horse racing, which again, in Europe and some international markets for us are, are considered kind of lumped in. We've always had a special carve out for paramutual horse racing, which, you know, it is gambling in a lot of places is not considered gambling in the U.S. So we'll just keep that in mind as we go through with it. But We've had commercial major horse racing in the U.S. since at least the 1930s. Um, it is, you know, a kind of a, a dying industry um, globally as well in the U.S. since then, but has existed. Uh, we didn't create a state uh, government lotteries until the 60s and 70s. Again, we kind of carve out lottery and horse racing. Though those are gays, basically gambling, we we kind of look at those differently than gambling. But we've had those um, state by state since the 60s or 70s, similar to what we'll talk about with sports betting and online casino gambling. Uh, each state has their own autonomy to do it. Right now we have 45 states with a state lottery. Um, you know, and, and most have adopted, obviously, 45 out of 50. So uh, with that, and then in the 1980s, we started having uh, greater autonomy for our, our Native Americans, our indigenous people, uh, to have casino gambling. That sparked a commercial casino gambling growth in the 90s. It's continued through today as more states have legalized casino gambling. Uh, and that continues all the way through to DFS, Daily Fantasy Sports, uh, which we, again, do not consider gambling. They have done a very good job of carving that self out. That started in 2014, 2015, those really blew up. And then in 2018, the Supreme Court decision to allow online sports betting, which, uh, again, state by state with it, which is different than online casino gambling, again, which is slots and table games. So when I talk about and, and poker, which is also its own thing, I know it's confusing. I know it's long-winded there, but there's just a lot of different ways in it. It's important to look at the caveats when we talk about how the U.S. looks at gambling. So again, as we talk about casino gambling or iGambling, what we mean, uh, digital table games and slots, 
sports betting is different. Horse racing is different. DFS is different. Lottery is different. We differently we categorize those and have very different approaches toward those overall. So anyway, I was obliviating on the brief history of American gambling. Wanted to just kind of give you an overview here again of where we stand. We are heading into the Super Bowl, the NFL championship game uh, between the Eagle, Philadelphia Eagles and Kansas City Chiefs this year. The Super Bowl is the most bet upon event, a uh, single sporting event in the U.S. every single year, legally and illegally. Uh, we're expecting millions of dollars in handles across all means, about a billion dollars uh, just through regulated sports books coming up for the game, uh, which will be on the Sunday, uh, the 13th. Uh, it's a, obviously a huge deal for us. And going into it, we're going to have 34 states. Plus the Washington DC, which is not a state, it's our state, our national capital, it's not a state, as well as Puerto Rico, which is a, a territory, again, we won't go into that, uh, are all going to have legal sports betting. So the majority of states. Now, again, that does not include um, the majority of people, um, are the same amount of people. These states are not created equally. Uh, we go from California, which has 40 million people, to Wyoming, which has 500,000. Worth noting, Wyoming has legal sports betting, uh, and California does not. It's a big difference with it. So anyway, just the perspective there with it. We have sports betting has continued to grow. It's We're going to talk about that in a little bit in the show here. But I want to start off today with online casino gambling and where we stand with that. Again, online casino gambling slots and table games, not sports books. Uh, we've only had four states with competitive online casino gambling markets. That is Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. Um, you know, different size states with that, different populations. Only four with competitive markets. We have a couple others with some limited options and all that. But there's really only four that have fully embraced online casino gambling. And online casino gambling is the future of American gambling. These have much higher margins in sports betting. Uh, these are not dependent on the sporting calendar. They can function 24-7, 365. Uh, they are what all these sports betting companies have been working for. They are trying to get uh, online casino gambling legalized in the U.S. And they were kind of hinting at it in the early days of sports betting expansion and now they have really gone full in with the DraftKings and FanDuel which um, as well as BetMGM which are three major operators in the U.S. Uh, obviously uh, FanDuel is owned by Flutter uh, which Patty Power Betfair which many of you are familiar with. DraftKings is still a U.S. based publicly traded company and BetMGM is a 50-50 joint venture between MGM Resorts as well as Entain, uh, GVC Coral, Ladbrokes companies that you guys are familiar with as well from our European uh, viewers with it. Anyway, those companies are now been pushing very hard for online casino gambling legislation, and we are seeing a little bit of momentum here, too. So our lead story, the big thing I want to talk about, is online casino gambling bills have been filed in the state of New York, as well as the state of Illinois. Uh, Illinois is home to Chicago, the nation's third largest city. Uh, New York is home to New York, which is the nation's largest city and largest metro area. So those are big deals to have those uh, up in the queue. Uh, those are being discussed. Now, I want to talk about each of those individually. Uh, New York, uh, again, fourth most populated state in the U.S., biggest metro area would be a huge deal with it. New Jersey and Pennsylvania, two states I mentioned earlier, both have legal online casino gambling. They are feeling a bit of the pressure there to get that done. Um, it would be, again, a huge deal for these, these companies with it. The, the current bill would allow basically uh, right now 14 plus or so um, major operators to enter into the U.S. That is about everybody, every major operator. Again, kind of a side note. Talk about those big three, again, FanDuel, DraftKings, and BetMGM. They have about 70-plus, uh, 80% nearly um, of the U.S. sports betting and iGaming handle market share. Um, they really dominate. Uh, Caesars is fourth. Um, it's a distant fourth from the big three to Caesars, and then it's a distant fifth from Caesars to everybody else. So anyway, those companies would be set up uh, nicely to enter into the New York uh, online casino gambling market should it be legalized. 
Um, so that'd be, again, a huge deal. It would be the most profitable um, in the U.S., probably could exceed Ontario uh, in Canada, which right now is North America's largest uh, online casino gambling regulated market. Um, but they have really not quite achieved what maybe they have in the U.S. due to some advertising restrictions, some other things with that. But we'll, we'll talk about that for another time. So anyway, New York would be a big deal that bill has been introduced. Now, again, through the very complex legislative process in the U.S., which we're going to harp on throughout the rest of the show, uh, it is not a done deal by any means. And it, it probably the odds are stacked against it that it's going to get done this year. Two big reasons why we're seeing that in New York. One is just the political oxygen. In the U.S., um, our 50 states have 50 different state governments, which all function in different ways and have different policies and, and leanings and politics and histories and so on and so forth. Um, and But most of them do only have a short time to meet, typically in the first quarter, first four or five months of, of the year. And New York is no exception. Uh, so New York has uh, a 200 plus billion dollar state budget that it tries to pass every year. It has a very limited time to do it, only a few weeks, and it has a host of other issues along with the budget, which is the most important. But just it could be anything, uh, but policing, it could be um, health care, it can be uh, government, you know, other government functions. It can be even symbolic things, recognizing uh, um, a sports team for a championship or, or what have you. It takes a lot of time and a lot of political oxygen. So uh, gambling, which is, you know, obviously a huge industry across the world, but still in comparison in New York, um, the sports betting dollars, and it is the largest U.S. sports betting market uh, in the U.S., uh, regulated sports betting market in the U.S., uh, its total tax revenue is less than 1% of its annual budget. Again, it is generating $16 billion in handle in just over a year. Um, it has uh, generated uh, close to a billion dollars in tax revenue. Um, we we're closing in on a billion dollars in tax revenue for uh, New York from just the first 12 months of legal sports betting. Again, that is less than 1% of its total budget. It has other things that it's focusing on, and there's other priorities. So there's only so much, what we, I'd say, political oxygen for gambling uh, in the uh, in New York. Um, it's also complicated further. The state is going through a process of licensing three downstate New York casinos. Downstate meaning near the New York City metro area. New York is a huge state um, just through geography, <laughs> but the northern half of the state or the northern portion of the state is much less populated than the southern portion of the state, which is near New York City. Um, again, New York City, great place, would be a great place for a conference, which I hope you're attending. We'll talk more about that later. Um, anyway, with it, there's also a lot of attention being paid to those licenses right now. Um, there's also some other things. There's other debate about uh, regular reforming the sports betting legislation. Right now, only nine sports books are allowed in New York. They pay a 51% tax on gross gaming revenue without promo deductions. That is a very steep price to pay. Uh, they are complaining. There's talks about reforming that. There's talks about reforming the parimutuel industry. Uh, horse racing in New York. It is one of the few states that still has a really, really strong uh, horse racing uh, apparatus with it. So there's a lot going on with just gambling related measures in New York this year. And it just makes it that much harder to pass online casino gambling. So sort of one thing I'm talking about there. Other big thing we're looking at is just, again, what we've seen reflected. And part of why I touched on the history of all that in the U.S., it's just it's hard to pass gambling legislation in even the most progressive gambling friendly states, which New York is, is really one of them. There's just a lot of fear uh, that, you know, you put in these uh, legal slot game or, you know, legal slots, legal tail games. It's the idea that you have a slot machine in your pocket. 
and a lot of politicians, a lot of people, a lot of advocates and activists are against this. And it's understandable. There is obviously concerns and responsible and problem gambling issues have not really at a macro level been properly resolved in the U.S. There's a lot of shortcomings. There's a lot more that we and in, in industry figures and politicians can do. So there's just, again, a lot of concerns about just that. Again, gambling addiction. Uh, do we want people on you know their phones all the time playing slot machines? Now, again, so we'll point out, as many stakeholders and people will point out, A, a couple other states, they're still fine. They're still functioning. The world goes on. B, it's better to have this regulated safely um, than versus the unregulated market. Obviously, Americans want to play real money slot machines or real money blackjack or whatever. They can have plenty of offshore options. So it's the idea of having these regulated and everything else with it. So that kind of ties in what's going on with New York. Uh, again, big deal that the legislation has been introduced. It was introduced um, in February. Still a long way to go. Oftentimes, bills are introduced even though they don't think they can pass that year to try to get uh, other lawmakers ready for another year, another session. So something we'll be watching. Please, again, guys, you're obviously watching this show. Uh, please follow us again on iGamingNext.com. Our team, uh, which is also following the U.S. Uh, as well as me, our editorial and content team is going to be staying on top of this development as it continues, as well as you can follow me on Twitter at ButlerBets for all the latest information on that in New York. So again, would be the biggest online casino gaming market in the U.S. would be one of the biggest developments in really the U.S. and, and gaming history uh, here in America if we can get this done. Other big state we're watching is Illinois. Again, we um, mentioned Chicago, one of the three largest metro areas in the U.S., uh, big population state. Illinois is one of the top 10 in population. Uh, this would be a big deal as well. Illinois has been even more progressive towards gambling uh, than New York has been. They have allowed sports betting. They allow casinos. They allow um, retail sports books. They allow horse racing. Uh, but they also have what uh, we call video lottery or video gaming terminals where at a bar, pub, tavern, what have you, as well as... Um, gas, petrol stations, uh, truck stops, things like that, uh, which are very common in the U.S., um, are almost ubiquitous. They have these different, uh, what act as essentially little slot machines that are on table bars or, or bar tables, excuse me, um, or little you know machines like that. Those are allowed in Illinois. So they've had a lot of different gambling options. They, too, are looking at online casino gaming. I'm even less bullish or optimistic. How about this one passing in Illinois? Um, they similar to New York, a lot of other issues going on with it. Um, they are now also putting a casino in Chicago, which is a big deal to have that in our third largest city. It's going to be in the downtown area, the loop of Chicago. Um, so again, we'll see with it. So oftentimes these, again, these bills are just introduced to help kind of break the ice, get people familiar with them. But we will again be following along with Illinois, two big states there with it. So guys, that is our online casino gaming roundup. There are a couple other states that are considering uh, these bills, um, Maryland, New Hampshire, a couple others. Not as important and critical to the overall market, but again, we will be following along with those. But did want to give everybody an update on those are the two big developments going on in the U.S. Uh, coming on forward. Now, overall, we've talked about at the beginning of the show, uh, sports betting has been the major story in the last four or five years here in the U.S. Is just the proliferation has been pretty incredible. Again, gave that history and overview of U.S. of gambling history. Uh, but it's really impressive that with you know. First centuries of opposition, then kind of the slow roll of just different accepted gambling forms, casinos, lotteries, horse racing, so on and so forth. It's really been incredible to see how quickly sports betting has expanded across the U.S. Now, it's been very different. Uh, it's worth understanding, again, how the U.S. is 50 states that essentially function as 50 different countries in many, many ways. Uh, it is it's it's not all these sports betting markets are created equal. There are, again, 35, 34 states um, that have approved sports bet are taking sports bets now or legalized past laws to do so. But there is only about 15, 14 or so 
then I'd say would have really strong competitive markets. There are a couple um, states that only allow in-person sports betting, which is, is just a small fraction of online. There are a couple states that are monopolies or really limited in the number of operators. So again, these, this is, it fluctuates wildly. But uh, we want to continue going forward with just a couple of update on a couple states um, that are, are really considering this this year, uh, most notably Texas. Texas is America's second largest, uh, second most populated state, and they are now seriously considering online sports betting this year. Uh, they considered it again in 2021. They, um, just side note, they do not meet in even numbered years. They're lawmakers. They only meet in odd numbered years. Um, now this is they're back uh, in Texas in 2023. They are now seriously considering it. Texas, was, again, would be a huge one. It's 20-plus million people. It is one of the fastest-growing states in the U.S. It is a sports-crazy state, notoriously sports-crazy state, even by American standards. This would be a huge deal if this could get done. Um, and there's really now more optimism in Texas than ever before. Uh, one of the big things is Texas has politics, has been dominated by uh, conservative, Christian, anti-gambling politicians here for a long time. Uh, you may know George Bush uh, was uh, president of the U.S., many of you, I'm sure, here with uh, W. He was uh, governor of Texas before becoming president of the U.S. Um, his successor was Rick Perry, uh, also similar, uh, Texan, uh, conservative, Christian, all that, ran for president unsuccessfully. He, interestingly enough, is now one of the lead lobbyists and advocates for legal sports betting in the U.S. Now, the current, um, so we have him, Rick, Governor Rick Perry, jumping on board with this. And uh, it's looking, what we look at now is another governor, Greg Abbott, again, conservative Christian, uh, Republican, uh, who is, uh, you know, maybe warmed up to the idea. It's an interesting development here. One other thing, and try not to get too far into the weeds and bore you too much already with um, Texan politics, but in Texas, the lieutenant governor, uh, the second in command for the state, has a disproportionate amount of influence. It's unusual for most states for the lieutenant governor to have much of a role. It's usually symbolic, um, similar to what a vice president is in the U.S., where they have no direct authority. In Texas, that's very different. In Texas, the lieutenant governor does have direct authority over the lawmaking process. Their lieutenant governor is Dan Patrick. He is even more conservative in a evangelical anti-gambling than Greg Abbott and some of these other big major Texas politicians. However, we um, are hoping, or the industry is hoping, that maybe he might warm up to the idea. A the law, the sports betting law introduced um, in February of this year, was introduced by a couple. Uh, Republicans who I'll say are politically aligned with Dan Patrick. They are uh, political allies, have similar views and outlooks. Uh, again, I'm not going to try to <laughs> dive too much in the macro level of the U.S. Um, psyche or history or all that beyond what I've said already, but it's just a very interesting thing where the conservative Republican Party the, in the U.S. has different factions where some are very focused on cultural issues and some are very focused on business issues. And there is a strong business faction in Texas, as with other states, where the idea is that A, this helps businesses, and B, the government should not be telling us what are we what we cannot do. An interesting dichotomy that we do not have time to fully address here, but we're seeing this that we've seen in other very conservative Christian states, um, such as Tennessee, where they have passed sports betting and has been driven by this idea that the government shouldn't tell people what to do uh, and that this can help business. So anyway, long-winded there with it. These uh, political obstacles still remain. There is, again, that, that conservative opposition that has lasted in Texas, uh, especially strong for, for generations. Um, but there is some signs that this maybe might be making some momentum. 
um, towards legalization. So uh, again, uh, similar to other states, Texas has its legislative session. It uh, only has a few months of the year to get everything that needs to get done. Gambling is just one of many issues in Texas they're looking at. Um, but there is just some optimism. There's some signs that maybe this is going to have Ted to chart passage. And again, having Texas get this done would be a huge deal. Again, having the second most populated state, again, to our friends in Wyoming and our friends in the least populated states in the U.S., getting Texas done really changes things up more than it would in other states. So a lot going on there, guys. That is the big one with Texas. Just a couple of other uh, news and notes in some other states just worth looking at um, that might be looking at online sports betting. Um, Missouri, which is uh, seriously considering legalizing it. Georgia, uh, which has no sports betting or no casinos, but is seriously considering it. North Carolina, which has a couple retail or in-person sports books, also looking at it. Minnesota. So not as critically important. None of those states has the population of Texas, but those are all you know upper tier population states with some strong professional sports teams and routes and all that. And it'd be a big deal to get that done. We have, again, 35 or so states that have passed uh, sports betting bills. There's probably going to be five, six, seven states that might not ever pass sports betting. You know, and it's just the reality is that they're, they're too into it. Or excuse me. Just the politics will never allow gambling at all. It's inclusive of the states that have not even legalized a state lottery, which is pretty common now in the U.S. So, but again, as we kind of fill in that map, getting the rest of them would be a big deal. One final note here too, um, California, the nation's most populated state, and Florida, the nation's third most populated state, neither of them are looking too positive towards sports betting. Uh, for a lot of different reasons, and that maybe we can talk about in another <laughs> future show. I hope you guys can continue to join us. So there is the latest update there from Texas on um, sports betting. Online casino gaming is not on the table there, uh, but online sports betting, which they consider very differently, is 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 up in the air for it. Again, please continue to follow iGaming Next as well as our iGaming Next Twitter, um, as well as my Twitter at ButlerBets for all the latest developments there. So, guys, kind of a rundown on the digital gaming side. I wanted to also kind of go over some of just the latest stock developments here, as I promised at the beginning of the show. Uh, we are now thick of the Q4 2022 earnings season. We've gotten some interesting results here, too. Um, on Wednesday, February 8th, uh, we saw some really maybe one of the biggest stories that have come out of the um, most recent earnings developments was that MGM, again, which I talked about, is the 50-50 joint venture partner with Intain for BetMGM. I said we are not going to try to acquire um, Intain. Big story there. Rumors have been really flying a lot that the MGM might try to make that move. But that rumors have been flying since they announced the deal back in 2018. Those are accelerated when MGM and Intain announced that BetMGM was heading towards profitability in 2023. Uh, that was announced um, in January. That is a big deal. And just because in America, we are seeing these companies, these major sportsbook operators, again, the, the Big four, the ones with the largest market share, are, are, are losing billions of dollars. They are spending so much money on free bets and promotions. They are spending so much money on commercials and, and everything else with it. Just these ideas, the, the, the giant concept of player acquisition costs. So the fact that these um, major sportsbooks are turning towards profitability is a, is a big deal in itself. These are, those are major news stories. Um, so A, BetMGM looking towards profitability in 2023 probably heading into um, the football season, which in the U.S. is in autumn and is the biggest, far and away, the most bet upon season. So it's bet upon sport, both at our professional and our collegiate level. So anyway, there's that big deal there. A, B, and then B, or B, that, that MGM is not going to try to acquire the other 50% of that 
uh, maintain. They have, as you notice, or followed along with this show, you'll notice that um, MGM Resorts acquired Leo Vegas, a company very familiar with many people in Europe, uh, not as familiar with uh, people in the U.S. Um, so that they're again kind of in the earnings call. They, they've stressed that that was the first question they got during the Q and A session, and they have made it very clear that uh, the focus now is on just on different areas. Um, they didn't even do, round out the portfolio, but they are not going to make that major move and try to acquire Entain. Um, so we'll be noting that with it. Uh, with MGM, just another note too is just uh, strength in Las Vegas. Um, uh, you know, hope everyone listening has gotten a chance to come back since the pandemic. Um, we are seeing not quite uh, pre-pandemic levels, but we're getting very close. And in a lot of ways, we because of inflation, because of everything else, revenue totals are getting up higher and higher. But we're seeing really, you know, we're, we're getting close to really going back to full strength. One of the big problems is still international travel. Um, there's different issues, especially in China, different countries like. But again, we are heading that domestically. Uh, we're getting stronger than ever um, with it. MGM has completed uh, swapping the Mirage, which was a legendary casino, kind of helped rebuild and create the modern Vegas. Essentially swapped that for the Cosmopolitan, which is closer to the city center, um, is in the building of the city center, is a big deal for them. So they're just, you know, we're on earnings call. We're excited for that. But those are the two big takeaways there. We also saw win um, with uh, announced just you know really record. It is only two only quote unquote two properties in uh, Las Vegas in the north end of the strip. But they said they were seeing record setting uh, revenues from those properties there too. Um, their win bet uh, much smaller player in the U.S. They kind of jumped in to a, a huge. Uh, they try to be a, a you know one of those big four or five players kind of really re, um, realign their win bet digital strategy for online casino gaming and sports betting. They um, have cut, curtailed their losses um, without by cutting out some of their promos and other free bets and stuff like that. And I haven't seen much of a decline in overall revenue. Um, they are you know, excited about their cash burn is improving um, and they are looking toward maybe reaching profitability as well in 2023. So it's interesting too. I think maybe I've hinted on that, but one of our big stories we're looking at is just the ability of these sports books after uh, billions of dollars in losses, hundreds of millions of dollars in losses. They are heading towards profitability. Penn Entertainment, which is a regional casino operator in the U.S., they don't have some of these major Las Vegas resort-style um, casinos that you might be familiar with um, when you think of the U.S. and, and casino gambling. Uh, smaller properties across the country. They have acquired uh, Barstool Sports, which is a you know kind of a notorious, rowdy um, kind of out there. Uh, from a European perspective, I mean, maybe similar would be a patty power. Um, just the idea that it's kind of outlandish personalities and, and all that with the, their, sort of their content team have integrated and, and skinned and licensed that into their sports betting platform. Um, they have uh, reached uh, reaching profitability as well. Um, a profitable quarter, big deal for them. Very different business model. Their idea was to acquire Penn Entertainment's idea was to acquire Parstool, create a U.S. sports book under these personalities, brands, media integrations, so on and so forth, instead of the advertising on television or radio or internet or what have you, um, you know, or even also giving out these massive free bets and promotions and others that the other sports books are doing. So that and business work, they have a much smaller market share, but they've also had a much lesser cash burn. So they are heading towards profitability as well, just a different angle with it. So some positive news with it. Um, FanDuel, which again, as we talked about, if you got, I'm sure you're familiar with everybody, is owned by Flutter Entertainment. They uh, reached a profitable quarter uh, in 2023, excuse me, in 2022. They were the first company with a major U.S. presence to do so. They are looking at full year profitability in 2023, which would be a big deal with it. They are far and away the U.S. market share leader by gross gaming revenue. That has been sparked a lot by just good promotions, marketing, as well as single game parlays, especially which have much higher margins. They have been really an innovator and a leader in that. So we're looking uh, at, at FanDuel's continued success. Again, not publicly traded in the U.S., 
Um, so a little bit different and a little apples and oranges comparison because they are a subsidiary of Flutter. Two other notes, guys, just two with it, just kind of a, it's overall stock and looking especially at sports betting with it. We are, um, because we're jumping into this, we're also looking at um, Caesars as well as DraftKings. Caesars, obviously, two major U.S. properties, Caesars Palace um, in Las Vegas and across the country. Um, their digital gaming arm and all that, they are kind of uh, have cut, curtailed their losses and are looking towards profitability or at least a profitable quarter sometime in 2023. It's going to be very interesting to see. Um, they are reporting later in the month in February. But expect them to post to very similar as well. Strong, strong numbers on the Las Vegas Strip, as well as the regional properties um, from their brick and mortar prop, uh, casinos, and you know increased progress here. Again, keeping in mind for all of these companies that when they're reporting Q4 earnings, this also includes football season. This is where the sports books make their money. That is much slower in the Q's two and three, um, especially Q3 when the sporting calendar is much more narrow in the U.S., uh, but Q3, or excuse me, Q4 is really where they, they make their bread and butter, so those numbers look better there. But So we'll expect to have with Caesars, and then um, the big one, as always, is DraftKings doing an unusual move where they're going to report after the bell on December, excuse me, on February 16th. And then they're going to have their earnings call on February 17th in the morning before the bell. Very interesting approach. Gaming companies typically don't do this. They do it in together. We're interesting to see why they have that. DraftKings is on the most scrutiny of any major U.S. online gaming operator because they do not have the brick and mortar properties of these other companies that I talked about there. Everything they do is digital um, and they have spent Maybe the most, um, got to double check some of the figures there with it, but they are uh, $4 billion in counting in losses uh, in the past few years. They are expecting to lose $500 million plus in just 2023 as well. There is a lot of scrutiny and concern going on with DraftKings about this business model, which as you can understand, um, especially since they are not, they are number two um, behind FanDuel for sports betting, and they are behind M MGM, MGM for online casino gaming. So we get a lot of pressure there. Uh, Jason Robbins, their CEO and founder of the company, has been adamant too. This is all part of the player acquisition cost strategy. This is going to work out on the long end. The stock has rebounded um, nicely in the past month, past three months or so. There was really a brutal uh, 2022, uh, really kind of a 12-month stretch, the end of 2021 for about 12 months to the end of 2022. Um, DraftKings stock as well as some other companies have really seen a nice bounce back. So we'll see if that optimism continues. That's going to be one of the major ones to look along with there. So guys, that was a lot of information. That was a lot of me talking straight consecutively. No, that's a, a long break, but I appreciate you surviving through all this. Again, a little bit different episode. Wanted me to jump in and talk about the U.S. We are hoping to get our kind of a traditional multi-host and with a more global focus going forward. But guys, thank you again so much for watching this show. Um, the weekly news. We really appreciate it and I hope to uh, give you an information or a chance to fill it out. If you're curious about more U.S. stuff, please, again, follow iGaming Next on Twitter. I host a weekly Twitter Spaces, which is at 12 noon Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific Eastern time, uh, which is, depending on where you are in Europe, is uh, 5 or 6 o'clock for most of the continent in Europe um, and England, um, the U.K., so please, again, follow that if you guys are curious about the U.S. Again, I, I've hinted on it too, but iGamingNext.com, I'm sure you're familiar with. That is all of our latest stories going on about all the developments, as well as our Twitter feeds and my Twitter feed at ButlerBets. Guys, thank you again so much for watching. Uh, we appreciate you taking time to find out about it. Hope you learned something. And again, have a great uh, time. And we will talk to you again next week.